forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. And hello, listeners. And welcome to Scary Stories Stories to to Tell on the Pod. pod. It's a podcast about scary stories, podcast, comedy, friendship, and life. And life. And that's it. What more do you want? What more do you want? It's a comedy podcast about scary stories. And it's a comedy podcast first, and the scary stories are sort of a... a, and And also ran. Yeah, tertiary. Yeah. What's the second thing? I don't know, but... uh, Yeah. But we like scary things. The, the comedy is the Jude Law and the scary stories is a Sienna Miller. Oh. And perhaps unfairly overshined by one. Yeah. You know? That's a really great analogy. Anna. Thank you. Uh, good job. She deserved better. She did. She really did, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. Oh, boy, Anna. Anyway. How's your January going? My January's going okay. Um, I've sort of been hibernating a little bit. Good. Which is great. Healthy. And I think important to do. Um, how's yours? Good. It's always nice to get kicked off on a new year. Um, I think I definitely have some anxiety about like, what am I gonna, what am I gonna, like, what are my goals? What am I gonna change about myself this year? Or not? What, what am I gonna change about myself? What are, What are the elements that I'm going to nurture and take care of and focus on? How would I like to challenge myself to grow? Yes, exactly. And take advantage of these blessings that have been bestowed. Mm-hmm. But also not putting too much pressure. So yeah. things are fine. I really need to catch up on seeing movies. I feel like I haven't seen any of the Oscars. That's another thing I've been doing. I've just been like sleeping and watching movies, which yeah. is so great. I know. I'm kind of, I kind of feel daunted, you know, by seeing some of them where I'm like, oh, do I want to commit to that sort of emotional uh, labor? Well, I'll be seeing Cats later. So <laughs> have you seen it yet? I haven't. Do you want to come? Uh, when are you seeing it? 450. Okay. City Walk? <laughs> the, the hearing us plan our, um, <laughs> our movie. Is it times. important? Is this what you want? It's Does this count as banter? Me become more LA. That's sort of the, <laughs> the arc of this podcast. Um, oh boy. Um, so it is a Monday once it's again. A Monday. Can you believe? I don't know that I can. Um, but it is my turn to read a scary story. Uh-huh. And Anna, what's been kind of a treat about this year so far in terms of the scary stories we've read, we're really dipping into the heavy hitter icons of illustrations and yeah. also the stories that really people are the most scared of. Yes. And so I am choosing a story with an illustration that has spooked the scalp off every child from 1985 to 1999 and potentially earlier and later. Yeah. Uh, this story that I'll be reading today is... The dream. The scare. Very scare. Lucy Morgan was an artist. She had spent a week painting in a small country town and decided that the next day she would move on. She would go to a village called Kingston. Immediately, and this should have been uh, evidence to me when I was younger that potentially heterosexuality was not for me. Um, this seemed like my ideal situation. Oh my god! That's going so funny. Going from quaint rural town to rural town to paint. I and- think I had sort of inherited generational anxiety about single women because I, I was like, oh, sure. oh, that seems so nice, but I was like, God, she must be so lonely on holidays. Well, this Anna, it's crazy you would bring that up because always in my head, Lucy Morgan, I combined two uh, two important single women in my life. One of which was my Aunt Kathy, 
who uh, later went on to join the FBI, but at the time was living in our basement in our home in New Hampshire. Agent Kathy. Agent Kathy. She was working for the local newspaper, and I thought she was, like, incredibly glamorous. She was from New York. When she picked me up from school, she'd be, like, in a long black trench coat with, like, a very hip, dark haircut. Um, And then the other person who I imagined, Lucy Morgan, was Gillian Anderson as Dana Scully in uh, The X-Files. Two FBI agents. (laughs) Yes, and my parents would go out for, like, a date night every Friday, and Aunt Kathy would watch me and my brothers and we'd watch we'd watch the x-files and she'd be like hmm and then she joined the fbi how cool is that this needs to be more this can't just be a sidebar <laughs> no aunt kathy we aunt need Kathy's more great. she's the best she really is she really is i the love best. her um okay so lucy morgan would go to a village called kingston but that night lucy morgan had a strange dream she dreamed that she was walking up a dark, carved staircase and entered a bedroom. It was an ordinary room except for two things. The carpet was made up of large squares that looked like trap doors. Mm. And each of the windows was fastened shut mm. with big nails that stuck up out of the wood. Mm. In her dream, Lucy Morgan went to sleep in that bedroom. During the night, a woman with a pale face and black eyes and long black hair came into the room. She leaned over the bed and whispered, This is an evil place. Flee while you can. When the woman touched her arm to hurry her along, Lucy Morgan awakened from the dream with a shriek. She lay awake the rest of the night, trembling. Scariest thing I can imagine. You know? That, it's got everything. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. In, I mean, frankly, judging from the other stories, Alvin Schwartz just could have ended that story there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It kind of reads like one. Well, this has sort of a the appointment sort of twist. Very much so. Okay. Um, also, uh, it's really hitting me now the horror of walking into a room where the windows are nailed shut. Yeah. Very scary. Like, Fire hazard. Hi, um, I was just here. I was wondering if you had anything else <laughs> available. Just the windows for me are kind of hard. Do you think maybe on a higher floor with like windows? I always wondered what a carpet that looked like trapdoors meant. I also combined this story with um, maybe you'll remember and oh, always yeah. had the details be that there is squares on the carpet. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is a hotel related horror. Is yes. Very much. Travel. A running one in this book. Travel horror. <laughs> Teenage horror. Teen horrors. In the morning, she told her landlady that she had decided not to go to Kingston after all. I can't tell you why, she said, but I just can't bring myself to go there. Then why don't you go to Dorset, the landlady said. It's a pretty town, and it isn't too far. Very scary for me growing up in New Hampshire. There was a nearby town named Dor- Whoop. There was a nearby town named Dorset. Unbelievable. Okay. My parents lived in Kingston, New York <gasps> when they were first married. Oh, my God. And it was very rural, and they lived in, like, a spooky little house. Ooh. Ooh. So, Lucy Morgan went to Dorset. Someone told her she could find a room in a house at the top of the hill. It was a pleasant-looking house, and the landlady there, a plump, motherly woman, was nice as could be. Let's look at the room, she said. I think you will like it. Born to play this role. Born to. They walked up a dark, carved staircase like the one in Lucy's dream. In these old houses, the staircases are all the same, Lucy thought. But when the landlady opened the door to the bedroom, it was the room in her dream with the same carpet that looked like trap doors and the same windows fastened with big nails. This is just a coincidence, Lucy told herself. How do you like it? The landlady asked. 
I'm not sure, she said. Well, take your time, the landlady said. I'll bring up some tea while you think about it. Lucy sat on the bed, staring at the trap doors and the big nails. Soon, there was a knock on the door. It's the landlady with the tea, she thought. But it wasn't the landlady. It was the woman with the pale face and the black eyes and the long black hair. Lucy Morgan grabbed her things and fled. Scary. scary. This one, oh, this one is scary. scary. How did she get past her? That, I, I wondered about their exchange. There's is it just that woman, did they have the exchange where she's like, you got to get out of here. This is an evil place. No. Um, or just maybe extra help. She flitted. She flitted. But her things, she's got an easel. She's got yeah. canvases. Okay. What do you think? What do you think was going to happen? Is the is the horror that we don't know what was going to happen, and that's what makes it scary? Or yeah. do we think? Do we think the landlady was going to kill her or something? It's an evil place. I know. Like, what do we think this is? Like, what is the ghost backstory of this? I think I co this this story coalesced weirdly a bit with the opening of the nineteen eighties Disney movie Return to Oz in my head. Never seen it. Oh, have you not? No. Did we ever watch it when I was in college? Feruja Balk, a young Feruja Balk, Balk plays Dorothy. And it's after oh. it's after Dorothy has been to Oz and now she's back. Um, Auntie M and Uncle Henry are, are broke because their house got destroyed and they're rebuilding. And Dorothy keeps talking about like, I was in this magical place and I have all these friends. And, and they think that she's lost her mind. And so they send her to an insane asylum Whoa. to be fixed by an electric doctor who has a magic machine who says he can help. And so she gets, she gets left there by Aunt Anne, uh, by Aunt Em. And, um, and then this girl comes to her room and is like, we have to get you out of here. Like the electric machine will ruin your brain and, you know, then you never recover. Bless you. Sorry. And I think I like those two coagulated into one story for me. And so I, I sort of imagine them being the same. But the idea of being – I'm both comforted by the scary lady because she's trying to get you out. She's trying to help yeah, you. Yeah, I know. That's the interesting thing is that like the scary thing is helping. Yes. So, like, what could be scarier? So, in my head, it's always that the landlady, is there, there's, like, some cult or she's something horrible. Um, the The dark-haired woman is, uh, like, works for her or is indebted to her or is trapped by her or something. Trapped by her. And Lucy Morgan had this, like, pr- um, prophetic dream that yeah. was, like, be, yeah, that's my thought. And the tea was going to, like make her pass out or yeah. something. Oh yeah. Oh, I think that's exactly it. This woman does feel like a blood eater. She yeah. feels like a, sort a of human bathery. Human chomper. Yeah. <laughs> human chomper. Seems like a human chomper. There's no word for that. Anna, we just got to talk about this illustration though. It's everything. Um you do it. You're okay. better. No, no, no. Uh we do it together. So, the illustration, one of the most iconic ones, um it is it is the pale dark-haired woman. Uh sort of a I would say halfway between human and beluga whale. Yeah, human, beluga whale, egg, doll, Um, herald. Very, yeah, very egg-like head, mouth that stretches across the entirety of the head. Mouth is halfway down head. Mm -hmm. Big chin, uh, little nose, tiny little beady eyes. 
Beady black eyes. Um, clutching, clutching what appears to be a bed or some sort of surface. Yeah, the edge of the bed for sure. Long stringy black hair going down over what's unclear whether she is naked or whether she's wearing like a white frock. And she's got tiny little shoulders that are like right next to her ears basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of hunched. And it's like she's going, hmm. Yeah. Oh, gosh. The uh, What's so – this is why Stephen Gamble's really good. What's so great about this is – the idea of a pale, dark-haired woman could be, like, really vague and uninteresting. Yeah. It's kind of, like, leaning back on horror tropes. And this one is, like, a new horror trope. It's yes. not a spindly, yes. frightening, yes. older woman. Um, she's not wet. She's not wet. This isn't the ring. No. This is a uh, – this is someone who also, like, potentially – there's nothing menacing in her expression, which is the other interesting thing, too. Yeah, like, no. Like, she's, she's not just mad. Like, hey. Hey. Yeah. Hey. And what is really great. So this uh, image, probably the most successfully out of any of the images in the uh, film version of Scary Stories Tell in the Dark, is the most like direct and mm-hmm. and effectively recreated in the movie. Yeah. So amazing illustration. Uh, what else? What else is scary about this, Anna? God, just like traveling and being out of your element and sleeping in someone else's house. Yeah. I think is. Something that we take for granted that is sort of like a crazy thing to do because you're mm. putting so much trust in them. Like Jason and I stayed in that cabin oh, that's and so the guy scary. didn't give us keys. And it was like we just trusted that that was fine. Um, that's, that really is spooky. So, yeah. So, like trusting that the person who has the key to your room isn't going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think a lot of it is like the fact that it's not sketched in, that we don't know what right. was going to happen. It is true that what we fill in is always so much scarier than what the reality of a writer yeah. could you know, like, um What else – what do you think was going to happen? Well, what's funny, Anne, is I almost read this w- during one of the episodes when you were in Edinburgh. <laughs> and it was, no. it was a day where I was like, how's it going? And you were like, I really am – I really – this place is spooky. And I, don't, and I was like, oh, and I think instead I did like the White Wolf or something. Oh, my God. Good. <laughs> Some speedy thinking who help a friend. Um, Thank yeah, you it, for that. Thank you for the mercy. Only thinking, yeah, it's just, I thought about myself in that situation. Um, yeah, Airbnbs are scary, especially when you are renting. The concept of renting a room in someone's home is now done much less frequently because it is very scary. Yeah, I just don't. I right. Can't. Well, I think I think maybe people were more trusting in rural towns, but the rural towns is always where you hear the fucked up stuff happening. Yeah. You know? You just got to trust that that won't happen. I know, but- I mean, anyone who's lived in a small town, like, you know, you know, the horrible things people are capable of. Well, I was talking about this with you the other day for like why I'm not afraid of flying is Mm -hmm. like part of it is low self-esteem where I'm like, why would this be the interesting flight? (laughs) Like that helps me sometimes when I'm spooked in sort of small towns where it's like, why would now be interesting for me? Do you ever look at people on the plane and think like, is this the type of plane? Is this the type of people who would be on the plane that goes down? (laughs) I know that's like a a really wrong thing. I think that was introduced into my head in the movie Final Destination. Oh, I've never seen that. That uh, spooks my ass. I believe Sean William Scott is getting on the plane. And it's this is horrible. It's really bad in a way that's like, good Lord, where he's like he like walks by like a bunch of babies and then um, someone who appears to have cerebral palsy. And he says, like, it would take a fucked up God to take down this plane. And it's like, uh, like uh. to use disability as like a punchline in terms of like what God, who God would punish. It's just we insane. can all agree. Cain means baby. 
<laughs> That's so fucked up. Yeah. Was yeah. it like 2003? Uh, earlier. I think it was like t- maybe 2000. Okay. Maybe 1999. Um, it does feel like right before 9-11 kind of movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. yeah you couldn't do you that. You couldn't do that. You couldn't. Nor should you. Nor should. Um. Yeah. I definitely would have those those travel panics. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm scared. I sh- probably should be more scared in a hotel room. I really couldn't care. I I just have stayed in so many hotels or I've yeah. worked in so many, I guess. It's so funny. The security I feel when I have a key card. <laughs> I'm like, well, clearly no one could get in right. here. You need a credit card. A machine would never betray me. A machine would a never. A machine. A machine. <laughs> um, we got a message uh, to our Instagram. Uh, oh my god to our Instagram account um, where someone said that they enjoyed Anna and I doing a spooky old man voice which we were like oh I wonder what that is and then we quickly realized that Urgh. it's when we're like I'm doing this like Hello. but that's just kind of each of our respective ids I think that's yeah that's <laughs> what it is without any sort of trappings or Urgh. perfumes or <laughs> um, yeah travel is scary um I wonder what it is about – I wonder why scary people are always depicted as being pale with dark hair. What's that? Like why do you think that is? I think it's like people stay inside a lot right before they die. So it's sort of like the specter oh, of – Oh, that's really smart, Anna. I'm so smart. I literally just came up with that. It's crazy <laughs> that I'm not like professionally smart. Um, I also find this story interesting because it, it's hard to place it in terms of time period. Yes. Um, it's got that classic like 18, 19, whoever. Yeah. Yeah. You really don't know. I mean, one would assume that, you know, if it was the 1800s, there'd be more of a thing about Lucy Morgan being unattached, but maybe not. Well, I think this goes into casting. So oh, yeah, please. I do feel like Lucy Morgan is a Catherine Hepburn. Oh, wow. And she's got some culottes. She's got some sort of palazzo pants. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned pants because mine would be um, Janelle Monet. Oh. You know, again, it, it, it's sort of like. Is she pants? Yeah, kind of pants based, I think. Yeah. I think good. of her in music videos and having a lot of pants. The uh, the the iconic pink uh, vagina pants from her music video for Pink. Have you seen that? I haven't. And I'm so sorry that I haven't. Oh, it's good. It's okay, a great good. music video. Um, yeah, that would be mine. But Catherine Hepburn's, if this movie were like a 1930s horror movie. That's what Catherine, I'm seeing. Oh, that's really good. Like, it's not wartime. No. Like, the depression is happening in America, but she, I always picture, I, it doesn't make any sense. I pictured her like in France. I don't know why. Oh, no, I like that. Village. The word village kind of lends yeah. itself to that. Yeah. You know what? If it's a village, it's going to be France. <laughs> sorry to, sorry to break it to you. Sorry to burst your bub. <laughs> Who would you cast? Um, was, yeah, oh, you got I think Janelle, Janelle for Lucy. I think for the um, for the woman with long dark hair. Um, Wait, do you have yours? No, who's yours? Okay, well, I was gonna say we could do a count three. Okay, 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 okay. Here we go. One, One two, two, three. three. Lily Tyler. <laughs> who's Lily Tyler? Um, Stephen Tyler's daughter, or Liv Tyler? Liv oh, Tyler. God. Oh. Yeah. Lily Tyler. It's Lil- a girl I went to school with who was allergic to strawberries. <laughs> you know her? <laughs> yeah, that was her um, whole thing. It's like, okay, cool. But just the fuzz on strawberries. Just the um, fuzz. Margot Warnell for the woman with long dark hair. Oh, I yeah. love that. Oh, Liv Tyler would be good too. Yeah, where she's like, I'm not getting old, I'm getting spooky. <laughs> Always an option. Have Please you seen Meg Stalter's um, like voiceover of Liv-, Liv Tyler showing people her home? No. It's so good. If you haven't watched oh my God, it, of course, it. yeah. Everything she's she like does the most is popular so good. I know, I know. Gosh, she makes me laugh. She's so good. And then, to, yeah, it's like such a weird thing of like, it's like I always check out 
um, I always check out her. I always check out Cola Scola. Like it's oh like it's sort of the, you know, and we're not being paid. I mean, I know National Lampoon uh, Radio Hour is also on this network. We're not being paid. We're just genuine fans. But yeah, you should watch uh, Radio Hour because it is it really is very fun. Yeah. Watch it with your ears. Watch it with your. Oh, my God. You dumb fuck. Dumb moon is nine miles straight up. Oh my god, um, that's the Florida in you. That is the Florida in me. No, it's good. Uh, what? Who we cast as the landlady? I was just thinking that. I'm picturing sort of like, I'm picturing the lady from the illustration for Dead Man's Brains. Is that <gasps> in this? Um, no, that's the first. She's also that's a drawing. The, first the woman one. who's like smiling and holding the little tureen. Oh, of like that's a head, good. Like, mm. um, but that's not a person. <laughs> that's a cartoon. <laughs> but who would that person be? Someone must look like that person. Um. Yeah, probably like an older actress. Oh, maybe like Ma Bailey from uh, It's a Wonderful Life, but she's oh, dead. Oh yeah, that that's okay. We uh, we're we cast from across generations. That's true. I could see an Octavia Spencer for sure. Oh, love that. But that yeah. might just be repeating Ma. So oh, she would do it. I still can't believe it. If have you not seen Ma yet? Because I haven't I seen haven't. it because I'm stupid. I know we need to see it. Um, yeah, I would definitely say. Um, oh gosh, who played George's mom in Seinfeld? Estelle something, or is that her character name? I don't Mrs. Know. Costanza. Um, she would be someone That's who I feel good. like would be pretty good. Yeah, someone who seems harmless, but also you feel you feel could be capable of something dark. Yeah. The boring person would say Betty White. Oh yeah, but that's but not us. It's not us. We're interesting. That's not us. Although we did watch her performance in Lake Placid a couple months ago. We really did. And let me tell you. Let me tell you, she's very good in it. That was kind of her return. That was kind of her her like um, reappearance in modern culture as like a camp a camp uh, figure. Yes, you know that's so true. Yeah, this was definitely before she was like beloved of the younger set. Right, horror often provides a way in. Horror provides a way in. Horror provides a way in. Um, yeah. Oh, this I, this really is one of the big heavy hitters. It is. Yeah. What's scary about this to you? Um, yeah. Like travel, like we said, scary. I think the uh, the other thing that is frightening to me is um, uh, when you change plans to avoid <gasps> yes. risk and then the yes. changed plan becomes even worse and scary. Has that ever happened to you? Uh, I feel like almost every time I have upgraded my seat on an airplane um, to be like an even more space seat on JetBlue, I am next to... Uh, if I'm playing alone, it, it's very often like I'm next to someone who I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. This is a a thing from my days of traveling by bus mm. that would really because you could try to not have anyone sit next to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a window seat gal. Oh, yeah. Got a window. I love a little corner. I'm a hamster. <laughs> I need a little warm corner covered in wood chips and Box my sweat. me in. Yeah. Yeah. And I breathe really fast. Um <laughs> You could either try to sort of scope out the seat next to you as long as you can to maybe be alone. Mm-hmm. Or the other way to go is to hope for like a normalish person to sit with you. Oh, because yeah. if that seat is open, then like it could be a crazy person. Right. And I had a guy sit next to me. I put my headphones in and went to sleep on the oh, no. window and felt something to my left oh, no. and looked over and saw that he was just talking to me, <gasps> like facing me talking oh. with my eyes closed and headphones in. Mm-hmm. It was a ghost. That's not allowed. Yeah. And then he had a phone call where he bragged about having robbed an armored car in the 70s, which is just hard to. <laughs> my. Uh... I feel like it wasn't that hard back then. Right. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, an armored you... car just meant you locked it. 
<laughs> no one did that. An armored car meant you put duct tape against the windows. Yes. Like, if it shatters, at least it won't shatter. Um, yeah, Chris's brother, my brother-in-law, Kevin, uh, t- when he graduated from college, took a cross-country trip via bus. He did like one of those oh. Greyhound month-long passes Wait, who or whatever. Was this a brother? Chris's- Kevin. Oh, uh, Kevin. Kevin. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I was picturing, I thought you said his dad's brother because I was like, who would do that? <laughs> I know. Um, and yeah, he like, he went all the way across the country and he said like there were some areas that were real, like – he said it was a great experience, but like some bus stations where you're like, oh no, I'm just stuck here and I don't know anyone no, here. Scares. You know, that is scary. I, yeah, I've taken, I've taken probably the longest I've taken a bus is only from like New York to uh, Washington, D.C., which is like six it's hours, not but not far. so bad. Yeah. But Chris and I went on early, early Easter morning and it was kind of a rough crowd. But have you heard that story about the, there was a bus that was going somewhere in the West and um, there was a college student on the bus and a man suddenly took a machete out of his oh. bag and cut the college student's head off. What? And everyone stopped in the middle of nowhere and ran off the bus and the guy was just walking up and down the bus holding <gasps> the college student's head. What? Yes. No. And then they had to wait because they were in the middle of nowhere and they had to call the police. I'm looking this up. Um, what oh if I just made that up? I, someone told me that. I think it's true. Uh, look up, yeah, look up um, uh, machete bus beheading, you know? You know? <laughs> oh, my God. Is something popping he up? He was just let out of jail oh! two years ago. What? This is in Canada. The guy who cut the head off? Yes. He's let out of jail? Yes. What happened? Well, oh, my God. This is the article I found. A Canadian man who was found not criminally responsible for beheading and cannibalizing. Oh, God. Fellow passenger in a Greyhound bus has been granted his freedom. Wait, let me find. Oh, he was a schizophrenic, which is like bad. Oh, that's hard. Killed Tim, a guy, I won't say his name because it's sad. Young carnival worker who was a complete stranger in 2008. <gasps> he was a carnival worker or the victim was The carnival. victim was. Oh, God. Um, And the victim's mother was like, don't let this out because there's no way to guarantee he would take his medication. Oh. Um, oh. Oh my God. He was initially kept in a secure wing of a psychiatric hospital, was given more freedom every year. This is some Canada move. Yeah. I this mean, is very Canada. This is very Canada. <laughs> we would have blasted that man into the sun. It's not like he shot him. No. I'm going to go on record now. If you want to cut my head off with a machete, just mm-hmm. shoot me. <laughs> head Don't. blown off from the back. Head bl- you gotta, you gotta. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, that's my, I, can you imagine anything worse than being beheaded on a bus? Oh my God. He had been living on his own in a Winnipeg apartment since November, but was still subject to monitoring to his, ensure he took his medication and that hmm. they were no longer, oh God. Oh my God. That's so crazy. I can't like, believe he's out. Sat next to the 22 year old man on the bus and after the man smiled at him and asked oh he sat next to him after the man smiled at him and asked how he's doing baker said he heard the voice of god telling him to kill the man or die immediately oh repeatedly stabbed him passengers fled the bus he continued stabbing until he was arrested he severed his head displaying it to some of the passengers outside the bus our brains are so scary Supreme Court of Canada ruled in 1999 that a review board must order an absolute discharge if a person doesn't pose a significant threat to public safety. Oh, 
Canada. The ruling added there must be clear evidence to a significant risk of significant risk to the public for the review board to continue imposing conditions after a person is found not criminally responsible. So this is just saying that he no longer has to be monitored at all. I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I recognize, I recognize mental health is incredibly complicated. It and, is. Um, it is. And you have to, you have to grant people the same rights that they would have, you know, regardless. But um, here's the thing. Once you cut Once off, you cut and eat ahead. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to return from that. With the machete, too. That's kind of an added thing. Because it's like, why else did you have a machete? You live in Canada. You live in Canada. Were you clearing routes also, for like, a tour? This is why I don't fucking like buses, because people can have a fucking machete on it. Yeah. That's a good point. I was thinking of another bus decapitation that happened, like, on the Whitestone. There's another White... Oh, this God. one is a hundred times worse. Oh, no, a hundred times worse. Yes. How? Because a lot of people on the bus got no, decapitated. Hannah. Because the driver had been driving for like a full day. This is like in the Bronx. In the Bronx? And the bus fell over oh, and went sideways. God. And like the meridian, the light post decapitated like the first few rows of people. I hate that I have another decapitation story Andrew. on a bus. Did I used to take the mega bus from New York to Philadelphia all the time. And the like the big gag of the mega bus is that there's a double decker and you can go up and there's like mm-hmm. um if you sit in the front seats of the top of the double decker, the whole thing is a window. And so yeah. it's like it feels like you're flying over the road. Uh-huh. Very cool. But then some mega bus um went under a bridge where there was low clearance. And it just wiped off the top part of the megabus and uh, like a couple rows of people up there got decapitated and killed. Where was that? I, th- I think it was in like Philadelphia. I think it was in like Pennsylvania. Well, this was uh, in 2011 in the Bronx, sliced open by a sign stanchion, uh, hurled riders about like ragdolls. 14 people were killed and 19 were injured, five of them critically um, this is at 5.30 in the morning on I-95, which is miserable. Okay, this one's from 2012, um, updated in 2019. Uh, there was a fatal megabus crash um, that happened in hmm, – I should have waited until I had all the information. No. Well, this the driver initially told them that they were clipped by a tractor trailer, but um, – Onondaga County. Oh. Uh, and yeah, they low clearance. They said drugs and alcohol was not involved. It was just an honest mistake for the the driver. He he went off his route because of detours, and uh, went under a bridge, and and some people oh my died. God, I'll be careful. He, be careful on you a. You gotta be careful. I had a driver start driving the wrong way on an overnight bus back from Boston because oh. we stopped for. Uh, pickup and then the whole bus I woke up the whole bus was yelling and holding their phones up to show him that they were driving oh the wrong my way. god Chris was on a bus uh, back from Las Vegas where the top of the bus like the the latch um, or like the door the emergency exit at the top of the bus oh. it just flew off <gasps> and no. then people were like the thing flew off and the bus driver was like I don't care no. and they just kept going I, were we on that um were we on that Fungwa bus that didn't really ever stop? Like both when we got on and when we got off it, it, it was still kind of in motion. No. I feel like it, for, for, a, not for a comedy trip at one point, it, as it was arriving, it just like never really stopped. It was like 
the wheels were still very slowly turning. What the fuck? No. Yeah. I once got my money back for a Chinatown bus that it was a it was a Peter Pan bus because I got shocked by the outlet <gasps> and I plugged in my <laughs> headphones into my phone, which was plugged into the charger in the wall. And the microphone part of my headphones, which was touching my neck, shocked me oh! through the microphone. <laughs> and, oh, my God. All these bus horror stories. Um, yeah. Yeah. The driver in this 2011 crash was. Um, sleep deprived. Let me see. Jury found him not guilty except for one. He was, he didn't have his license. What? The bus driver? Yeah. Oh God. And he was speeding. Yeah. I, it's, it's funny. Cause I feel like there's, there's a lot of, um, horror in, uh, understandably in terms of like cab drivers or, or, uh, Uber drivers or things like that. But we, we sort of, we tend to trust buses more. When there's a lot of horrible things. No, that happen I can't do a bus. I can't do a bus. I was a concierge when that crash oh, happened. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's well, then there was the story about, I mean, you know, obviously there's like boats that sink and stuff. But um, the, the like pleasure boat on Lake George where all those people drowned and on oh. a lake. It just no. like a wave came, um, a large wave from a passing boat came and it overturned the boat. And it was a bunch of old people on like a no. leaf peeping tour in Lake George. And they drowned, and that's the inciting incident of that movie, The Laundromat, on Netflix. You're kidding with me. Streep, yeah. Oh my god, I, I guess know. I'll have to watch it, even though there's a weird. Uh, yeah, it's that movie is very strange. Brown face. Yeah, I go oh boy. Let's. That's hard. Sometimes I, you're a boomer. I spent exactly three seconds being like, "Who is this actress? She's the best actress I've ever seen." And then I was like, "Oh no." It's actually a thing that makes me deeply uncomfortable. It's cool. And you know what? We've got from the dream to bus crashes to Meryl to the end. <laughs> um, Almost. Before, before we go, uh, a new little segment. Um, I'm going to read uh, a me- I'm going to read a message we got. A DM a listener, we got. We'll, we'll name the, we'll name the um, segment soon. Yeah. But I, it's a mailbag. Um, what about listen? It's scary. Listen. Yeah. Listen to this. Uh, so this is from Invisigoth uh, on Instagram, who's been a very, a very lovely and, oh, and yes. uh, kind friend to the podcast. Yes, yes. Has shared stuff. Um, I believe, con- reading context clues here, that Invisigoth is from Australia, which is, we love Australia. They're great. We've we gotten a lot that. of messages and we tend to chart. Much better there uh, in terms of podcasts than any other country. I so, have better sense of humor. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, this message is, um, if you guys ever want to do international urban legends, when I was growing up, the Bunyip, basically <gasps> our version of Bigfoot, and Picnic at Hanging Rock, where a whole school excursion disappeared and were never found, are two <gasps> that terrified us as Australian children. Invisigoth, thank you so much for that recommendation. We'll do those. Yeah, I think maybe for my urban legislature this week I'll do the bunyip. <gasps> the bunyip and the and the oh, I the, the picnic at Hanging Rock, which I already did a little research on, which is not a thing that actually happened, but is a very oh. scary movie. But it became a thing that became an urban legend. But that's still fine. Yeah, it's it's that's fair game. Um, thank you for the Rex Invisigoth. If you thank have, you. if you like Invisigoth, have ideas for things that we should do that are local to your towns or region or country or, or country or country or country, uh, please do let us know. You can DM us 
at scary story underscore pod on Instagram or Twitter, or you can now email us at scary story pod at gmail.com. And our password is, is? no. <laughs> oh boy. Oh Anna, boy. what Andrew, an absolute joy as always. The best. And you know what? Sometimes the mailbag will take the place of scary ideas for things that could happen. Hey, that's I a great idea. That. Or the spooky. Do we already do a scary thing? Uh, we don't used to do this on Monday, do we? Scary or that happened we? to you this week. Oh, oh, we did that in lieu of that. Okay, good. Yeah, so that that's okay? what I'm saying. Yes. So yeah. occasionally the mailbag will be in place of scary thing that happened this week. Yeah, don't worry that that segment is not gone forever. It's not. It'll it's come not. back. And um, you don't know when. But the only thing that is gone forever, at least until next week, is you get, get out. out forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.